welcome to episode three of the Rehumanized Podcast. for the day, Ashlyn Sandoz. I am an intern with Three Human Eyes International, and I am here with Rebecca Johnson, who is attending the Pro-Life Women's Conference. So, Rebecca, where are you from? I am from Bush, Louisiana. Awesome. Okay. So, this year's theme is When Women Lead. Who are your favorite female um, pro-life leaders or just favorite female leaders Ooh, in general? Like dead or alive? Yes. Both? Okay. Um, my favorite dead pro-life leader is definitely Susan B. Anthony because she was the OG pro-life feminist and she was just awesome. My favorite alive pro-life woman leader is probably Katrina Jackson because I love what she's doing in Louisiana and I love all these bills and laws that she's getting passed and the fact that she's also a Democrat is just inspiring to me because we need more of those. So what are the bills that she's passing? Um, well, we just got the, she just got the heartbeat bill passed in Louisiana, which means that as soon as the, you can detect the heartbeat, it's illegal to do an abortion. Um, it did pass. It hasn't been put into motion to actually start yet but it did just pass um the next one that she's got passed is the uh, love life amendment to our constitution that is going up for voting on november 3rd and that one says that if roe v wade is ever overturned then abortion is illegal in louisiana and there's nothing in our constitution that states that you can get an abortion in Louisiana, just to make it clear, because there are some places where they did try to make it illegal, and they have found, they think that they found in between the lines of the Constitution that, oh, our state Constitution says we have a right to abortion. Okay. And so why are you pro-life? Ooh, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, I'm pro-life because I believe that all humans from conception to natural death, have the right to life, and that as other humans, we have no right to harm or kill them in any state of life that they're in. So, how does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women this weekend? Oh my gosh, to be able to be surrounded by 800 pro-life women is amazing. Um, We're... I'm blessed to live in Louisiana where the majority of us are pro-life, but just to see the whole nation coming together as one conglomeration of pro-life women is just amazing. And it, it's, it brings so much hope, you know? It brings hope because you can see what other people are doing in their states to further the pro-life movement. It's just beautiful. I love, I love them. They're all queens. And what is one thing you'd like to say to women on the other side of the aisle or, like, pro-choice women? Um, okay. So I would ask her to, you know, sit down, have that conversation about why she believes what she believes and that I, 
I hope one day that we can just all come together and just help women in pregnancies, not just offer them abortion, but offer them actual options. Because some women walk into an abortion clinic and they want that baby. They just don't have the resources that they need. And if, you know, Planned Parenthood really, really cared about these women and what they actually wanted, then they would offer them the options. They wouldn't just offer them abortion. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for staying down with me, Rebecca, and having this conversation. Thank you for having me. Uh, Claire McKee. Awesome. And where are you from, Claire? Uh, from Kent, Ohio. Yes. Okay. So, why are you pro-life? Oh, so my pro-life story is a little different. Um, I was raised pro-choice, and I actually went through a sexual assault, um, which resulted in me becoming pregnant and having a miscarriage. And when I saw my unborn child, that kind of changed a lot for me. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um... So, who are your favorite female leaders, and for life or not? Yeah, um, first and foremost is my mother. Um, she isn't pro-life, per se, um, but she is very empowering and all about supporting me in what I do, and she is amazing. Um, Abby, of course. Um, I had the privilege to be a fellow, her mentee, with the William, Wilber- William Wilberforce Fellowship with Students for Life in America. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, how does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women? It's crazy. It's crazy to see how many women decided to come to New Orleans, Louisiana, and be here and want to be part of this. It's so cool to me. Um, it's empowering, for sure. It's a lot sometimes because there's so many people and you want to meet everyone and you want to talk to everyone, but I feel like we're all kind of just colliding in the ways that we should. Yeah. I think it's cool. Um, so what is one thing that you'd like to say to women on the other side of the aisle? So like pro-choice women. Um, so something I would probably say to women on the other side is probably that I don't hate you. I love you just as I love anyone else. And I am here to listen to you. I want you to change my mind. Um, or if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to talk about it. And I can still be your friend at the end of the day. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with me, Claire. Yeah. Um, it's been great talking with you. All right, let's go. <laughs> Welcome to Rehumanize Podcast. What is your name? My name is Alex Sagers. Nice. And where are you from? Here in Louisiana. Um, I'm the Director of Education for Louisiana Right to Life. Nice. Okay. And why are you pro-life, Alex? I am pro-life because I believe in, uh, as, a, as a Catholic and as um, a feminist and as a human, I believe in nonviolence, non-discrimination, and equality. And to me, pro-life just is totally capturing all of that. It's totally capturing the human dignity, like from womb to tomb. And I'm sitting here right now with my own first baby who's six weeks old. Her name is Evie. And just, 
I'm especially pro-life now with the incredible experience I've had of her in the womb and birthing her and taking care of her now. It's been wonderful. So I'm just pro-life in and out of my heart. It's a beautiful answer. Thank you. So who are your favorite pro-life leaders? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Well, I have to say, so I started working for Louisiana Right to Life four years ago and I definitely had some favorite pro-life leaders, including like my um, my director at Losing Right to Life. He was a huge role model for me in in high school. Um, that's Benjamin Clapper. I would have to say that was my biggest like like awesome favorite person. And then whenever I started, uh, it would have to be Destiny from New Way Feminist and Amy from Rehumanize because they really shaped how I thought about the pro-life movement and that journey into pro-life feminism. Um, and then I also really like Sarah Foster. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And who are some of your favorite female leaders? Oh, gosh. And they can be the same ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, definitely those. Um, right now, we've been working a lot with Representative Katrina Jackson, who is a strong pro-life Democrat, African-American Democrat from uh, Monroe, Louisiana. And she's just on fire. She doesn't let politics or race or religion or anything get in her way. She just... She unites with everyone um, and does amazing pro-life work, uh, especially in Louisiana. So I have to say, she's she's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So how does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women this, this day? Oh my gosh, it's incredible. It's just... Um, it's very inspiring. This is my second time at this conference and definitely the first time, I mean, it was a few hundred people. That was already great, but I can't believe that it's 800 people, all of them traveling in from out of state, so many from Louisiana. It just, it definitely gives me a lot of hope, um, for our pro-life future. And I think with everything going down this year in 2019 with legislation all over the country and people fighting all over the country, like ever before, it's awesome to see like even more women step up um, and be voices for the pro-life movement. And I just love it. And uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and say, now I'm here breastfeeding because um, <laughs> she got hungry. And you know what? It's That's fine at this pro-life conference. It's so welcome. And um, I feel totally supported through that too. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. And what is one thing you would like to say to women on the other side of the aisle? So like pro-choice women. One thing that I've truly learned this past year is exactly what is going through the minds. Not exactly, I can't say that, but I can, I'm relating more to what's going through the minds of pro-choice women. And I understand that you think that your rights are being taken away. And women have fought for their rights for so long, and we've made leaps and bounds, and you feel like we're taking several steps backward trying to outlaw abortion. Um, I just want you to know that I get that and I want to work together, right, to make abortion, you know, not even just illegal, but unthinkable, unnecessary. And it's it's going to be OK. Like, I, I, we we're not enemies. Right. And I get why you think that we are. But truly, we can work together to make an awesome world where women are supported, where abortion can be a thing of the past. Um, because it is violence, and, and I think we can see eye to eye on that if we just talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it's you're so welcome. You on the show. Glad to be here. <laughs>
from Krista. From Lafayette, Louisiana. Favorite female leaders. Gosh, there are so many awesome women in the pro-life movement. Of course, I love Amy Murphy from Rehumanize. She is an actual icon. (laughs) And she and her organization really shaped the way I think about the pro-life movement. Back, I guess, in 2016, when I was just starting, I was fresh in the movement. I hadn't had a lot of exposure to pro-life leadership that I related to. Um, From my times in high school and college, I didn't see pro-life as a mission of love. I saw one. I saw pro-life as a mission of of intellect, and I didn't relate to that. I didn't feel like uh, I was an intellectual person. And so seeing people like Amy Murphy, whose mission is all about compassion and love, that I was really drawn to that. Um, I see people like Lila Rose advocating in such a um, in such a loving way and it's not at all condescending I love leaders who talk about what they love and not things that they hate and uh, I think it's encouraging when leaders can can speak about their missions in a way that's uplifting and, and loving and compassionate and not uh, degrading and um, makes people feel uncomfortable or like they don't belong like I love leaders who Leaders who are inclusive, I guess. So. Um, do you have any that favorites that are like outside the movement? Outside of the movement, favorite leaders outside of the movement. Hmm. So I kind of think of people who are outside of the movement. Like, I actually have a friend named Leah. And when I was first getting in the movement, we were grabbing lunch, and I was telling her what I did, at, like speaking about pro-life issues and things like that. And she told me a story of her cousin, uh, and she's from a very religious family, and her cousin got pregnant outside of what, outside of wedlock, or she was a, a college student and really young and young single mom. And when everybody else was telling her, like, "Oh my gosh, how could you? How could you get pregnant?" Leah told her, "Wow, congratulations! What a gift." And it wasn't because she was trained in the pro-life movement. It's not because, uh, you know, people told her to act with love and compassion that she just intrinsically knew. Um, so my friend, people like Leah, like I, I can specifically think of Leah in this example because she told me this story. But it's people like Leah who, who shape the pro-life culture, who just show love and compassion to people in crisis, people who are scared and pregnant. And I think... Those kinds of people really are like the quiet leaders in the movement. Really good answer. So why are you pro-life? Why am I pro-life? There are probably a million reasons I'm pro-life, but my first reason would be because my mom chose life for me as an immigrant woman. When everyone else told her to get an abortion, she, she chose life. Um... Yeah, her life, her her choice was life-giving, obviously, for me, but I can really see how her choice led to, her choice led to me and my sisters to be a life-affirming uh, group of people, and I see it 
in different ways for each of us, each of my sisters. And I see how her choice for life, although a hard one, led to uh, my sister's choice for life being an easy one. So I appreciate that firstly about my own mom. I'm pro-life because abortion hurts women. It hurts families. It hurts people like me who are not involved in abortion decisions but decades later still feel the the echoes of that pain um not that that pain can't be redeemed or resolved or forgiven but that it does still hurt people and affect people even 20 something years later and i've seen that uh with my father's abortion so i'm pro-life for those two main reasons one for my mom and two for my lost aborted sibling. Um, so how does it feel today to be surrounded by so many pro-life women? Encouraging. It's just really encouraging to be around women who, who want to understand the movement and hopefully take steps uh, to be in leadership in the movement, whether that be like people like Amy or people like you with rehumanize or even people like my friend Leah who just want to grow in compassion and understanding for people and uh, really be willing to love women in need and of course love their unborn children. Um, so people standing up for something so universal I think is very important and needed in our state, <laughs> in our country and where we are right now, so. And so what is one thing that you'd like to say to women on the other side of the aisle, like pro-choice women? Hmm. Pro-choice women. There's a lot that we have in common. We both care about women, and that's something to be admired. I think we can agree on a lot of things that we don't even realize we agree on and if we can come to that conclusion first and foremost then I think there's a lot of good that can be done um, even if you're an abortion clinic escort um, you know both of us probably are against people being forced to have abortions and that's something like while you're in the movement actively in the pro-choice movement actively I could see how that's something easily we could be on the same page on um, forced abortions. And I think finding that common ground will really lead us to actually doing some real good for the world. So. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast Thanks, today. You're Ashlyn. Awesome. You're awesome. My name is Carrie Biedner, and I'm the director of Getting Star Orange City, and I'm a part of the national project of Getting Star Project. Cool. Okay. And why are you pro-life? Oh, why am I pro-life? I'm pro-life because um, basically I learned about how my body worked at the age of 31 after I had my first child. And um, it was at that point that I learned about how the birth control pill worked and how it's an abortifacient. And really it was um, going into learning about how to teach women about their bodies that I found out really what abortion is. I really didn't have much thought about it for the first 31 years of my life. Um, when I found out like 
how it was affecting our culture and really how it's coming from not allowing women to like have education about how their bodies work. I was like, wow, like we really need to do this and change this in our, in our world. Um, so this year's lead theme is when women lead. Mm-hmm. Um, who are your favorite female leaders, pro-life or not? Mm. Uh, Leah Jacobson, the founder of the Guiding Star Project, is definitely one of my favorite leaders, as well as Abby Johnson, of course. Um, these women both were inspired um, by um, the fact that women uh, deserve to know how their bodies work, and they deserve to be mothers, and they deserve the right to live in their natural bodies. So um, Leah Jacobson was able to see that need um, as a grad student on her college campus when she um, was pregnant with her first child, and there was no... Uh, resources for mothers on the college campus and there's so many women there and so she saw that need and developed the Guiding Star Project and health centers for women all over the nation so I think that is inspiring. Okay um so how does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women this weekend? Oh, it's really wonderful. I um, I live in a pretty pro-life community in Orange City, Iowa, small town of 7,000 um, but yeah, being pro-life there is basically being pro-adoption and really um, loving children and um, you have a choice, all of that. But to be honest, in that type of community, when a woman, a young woman has an unplanned pregnancy, it's actually very difficult for her to choose life in that community yeah. because of what she's going to be looked at and all of these different things, the judgment that can sometimes come from that. So we have an assumption that they quietly go to the over the border to the, another state and have their abortions and come home and don't talk about it um, because it's more difficult in a super pro-life little community to um, choose life in that way. So the Guiding Star Orange City, our hope is to actually teach young people about how their bodies actually work, how um, how pregnancy happens. Um, so I'm actually the U.S. coordinator for the cycle show, and I'm going to be doing a breakout session here in a couple of minutes about how to teach 9 to 13-year-olds about how their bodies work. And so we have this five-hour workshop that we do um, at our center, and we're going into the public and private schools, and we're spreading across the nation throughout our other Guiding Star centers. Um, so if we know that our bodies are something that are precious, a treasure, something to protect, then we can go into our main philosophy, which is I can only protect what I value and respect. And if young people are just being told, oh, just protect yourself from STDs and the risk of pregnancy, and they're never taught actually what happens in their bodies, we're never going to abolish abortion. We're not going to get there by just taking care of people in crisis pregnancies. We have to get before it. We have to teach young people how their bodies work so they can make good choices and protect themselves and make um, informed choices and decisions as they go through life about any of their health care needs as women. Okay. And what is one thing that you'd like to say to women on the other side of the aisle, so like pro-choice women? Oh, to pro-choice women? You know what? We all have a choice. We do. And the most important thing is for all people to be able to hear their stories. And so when pro-choice people say, oh, we can't see unplanned, you're saying that that woman's story isn't valid. And if your stories um, are valid, then so are everyone's. No matter what our, op- our opinions of them are, our stories are still valid. Abby's children that were lost through abortion still have dignity, as do any of the ones that are, are chosen or not. And that woman, no matter what, she will 
she will carry the fact that she had a child, that she is a mother for the rest of her life. And more importantly, um, something that I've heard coming up more recently in pro-choice circles is this forced birth mentality. And I really wanna challenge that because abortion is birth. When a baby comes into a woman's body, it has to come out. And so no one's forcing her to give birth. Her body is meant to give birth. It's the choice of, are we going to kill that baby before it's born or allow it to live and then be born and have the right to life, right? So I just think there's just more to this whole debate, if you were, will, or dichotomy, you know, it's just realizing that if we know how our bodies actually work and function and how life grows within them, that it's really, it's, you know, there's just so many parts of it, but that's something that's really just been on my heart this week is just realizing that, yeah, we all have a story and they all deserve to be shared. Whether um, it's my six week baby that I lost through miscarriage and I can share that story and someone says, oh, that's, that's um, really sad, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. But if I had an abortion, it would be a different statement, even if I was still dealing with the grief of it. So it's just realizing that it's all the same. <laughs> all these babies are the same, no matter what the mother's opinion is or what education she's been given. So we need to educate people from an early age. They know how they can actually make educated choices on their views and not just because of what society is telling them they should feel or not feel. Well, thanks for talking with me. That's all of our questions. Great, thanks. Uh, my name is Claire Seymour, and I'm from Luling, which is around New Orleans area in Louisiana. All right, so why are you pro-life? Um, for the longest time, I always associated pro-life with my Catholic beliefs, and I realized when I tried to talk to people, and they would ask me, why are you pro-life? That wouldn't get me anywhere. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, of course you are. You're Catholic. So um, I realized that I couldn't say that, and so I needed to dig deeper and figure out why exactly I was pro-life. And so um, I think a lot of it has to do with me being adopted. Um, my mother always, like, right from the get-go, she was always like, like, you're adopted. I want you to know this. I want you to be able to tell your story. So... Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I wouldn't necessarily be here if my mother had chosen a different route and I want to be able to speak out and be like, hey, something beautiful can come out of an unplanned pregnancy. It's, it's never, it, there's a taboo around this, but like it doesn't, it doesn't have to end badly. It doesn't have to end in something that you may think it will, like there, anything beautiful can come out of a bad situation. And so I think that we need to give women the chance to be able to push through those circumstances and give them the resources to push through those circumstances. And so I think that abortion um, most of the time tells women that they can't do this and this is the only way out. And pro-life, contrary to public relief, pro-choice isn't really giving them a lot of choices. It's only giving them one when pro-life you in giving the child this life you're giving them multiple choices and you're giving the woman the choice to have a kid or even give up the kid for adoption and be able to still live her life without having the burden of abortion so this year's theme is when women lead so who are your favorite female pro-life leaders or other female leaders 
Um, well, I'll always choose Beyonce, um, <laughs> but Lila Rose is a huge influence on me for sure. And then I think it was maybe two years or a year ago I read Abby Johnson's book Unplanned, and I was like, I want to be her when I grow up. Like when I when I'm a big kid, I want to be Abby Johnson. So I definitely Abby Johnson and Lila Rose are like my peak of like what women are. <laughs> So definitely them. So what do you like about them? Oh, they're so inspirational and so well-spoken. Um, I always try to like figure out how to word things the right way that will make an impact. And I think whether you, whether even if you speak on the issue itself, you're making an impact. Like yeah. it doesn't matter necessarily if you're perfectly well-spoken. Um, but just the way they get their message across and what they're doing and the bravery, especially with Abby Johnson, the bravery that she has to speak out in with her, um, with her life experience, I think is just so awesome. And Lila Rose is just a kick-ass woman. So, I mean, they're, I, you can't not love them. Yeah. All right. Good answer. Um, how does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women this weekend? Oh, it's been beautiful. I, it's, it's crazy because, um, in New Orleans, I, I know that we're a very pro-life city. We're a very pro-life state. Um, but I run in theater circles. So a lot of the people that I interact with, especially women, are very hardcore, um, pro-choice feminists. And so coming here it's like a completely different thing where like everyone agrees and like everyone's pro-life and everyone like wants to empower women in this way and I'm like geez like there are so many pro-life women and like seeing women from all over the country gathering around here is just it gives me a lot of hope especially for like women and but also in the pro-life movement in general it just gives me a lot of hope that we can overturn what we made yeah awesome um, so, like, as far as running in the other circles, I mean, like, a lot of pro-choice feminists, I'm just curious, how do you, like, interact with them? Um, it's been hard, because you get a lot of mixed reactions, and I try, in the beginning when I did theater, I tried not to, I tried not to talk about it, and, like, I just, like, I have to be in shows with these people, I don't want to talk about it, and then people would ask me about it. They're like, oh, what's the shirt you're wearing? What's that sticker mean on your water bottle? So things that I had to talk about it. And um, people sometimes will give you very nasty remarks um, because the other people are very outspoken. <laughs> um, but a lot of them are really respectful. And I just had a conversation yesterday at rehearsal. Um, and I was talking to this girl. She was also adopted. And I was talking to another girl named Madeline. And she was like, I'm per choice. And I just feel like, you know, women should have the right to choose and everything. I'm like, that's awesome. Um, and she's like, y'all being adopted, does that change y'all's views on abortion? And I said, absolutely it does. And I was like, I think that you can still be adopted and be pro-choice. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that it does play a very big role in in my pro-life beliefs. And like she, and the another adopted girl, she, believe, um, she agreed with me. And so... I run into those little conversations every now and then, and that one was a really good one. And there have been others where I have literally been slapped across the face um, and told that I was, you know, a hypocrite and I hated women. And I was like, this is great. We're at rehearsal. 
<laughs> so like um, this is in McDonald's drive through. <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of building off of that, so what is one thing that you'd like to say to women on the other side of the aisle or like pro choice women? I love y'all. Y'all are fierce, y'all are dedicated. And I see how much y'all want to help women, and we're basically the same. Like, (laughs) honestly, like, besides the fact that one of us is for life and one of them is not, like, we're both extremely dedicated to helping women in crisis. We're extremely dedicated to just what we believe in and always striving to make a difference and trying to put a positive impact in the world. And whether they believe that, you know, the same views as abortion as me we're very much like we're very alike and so I think that we have to find more common ground and saying like this one thing we disagree on is based on our entire friendship like no like we agree on a lot of other things and we're very passionate but we're both very passionate about human rights and so I think that we're way more alike than people think and please don't slap me across the face when I try to talk to you about it. No problem. Uh, my name is Sarah Ryder. Um, most people just call me Pink Sarah, and I'm from Bozeman, Montana. All right. And why are you pro-life? Um, I'm pro-life um, because my mother, um, when she was younger, she had chosen to um, abort um, a little girl who would have been my older sister. Um, and she is now very pro-life, um, and she's a doula in our state. Um, and so she's always been very open with me and my siblings about her situation and what happened and and we've always just been very open about babies and where they came from and so yeah um so this year's theme is when women lead who are your favorite female leaders pro-life or not um honestly definitely my mom like she's always been a big inspiration like just her love for life and for children and you know just her ability just to show that you know even though she made this choice, you know, that she's, she's working through it and that she's forgiven herself and that she can help other women work to make a better choice for themselves. That's awesome. Um, so how does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women this weekend? It's, it's very amazing. I mean, especially, you know, with my generation, you know, that's very not <laughs> pro-life. Um, and I've, you know, I, I have a hard time, you know, meeting people and telling people, you know, that this is what I am. I am pro-life and I, you know, 100% believe that babies are amazing things. And it's just, it's amazing to be in a place where you feel like you're not constantly judged and constantly being told, you know, that you're wrong. And it's amazing to feel like the love and the support that everyone has for everyone here. Um, So what is one thing that you would like to say to women on the other side of the aisle? I would like to say that they are loved. Like, no matter what they believe, no matter what they choose, that they are loved and that I I would never, you know, judge anyone for their opinion. But to know that no matter, you know, what they want to do, that I love them and that Jesus loves them and that they, you know, they deserve to understand both sides of the situation. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you.
So, what is your name, where are you from, and what do you do? My name is TJ Burgess. I am from New Orleans, Louisiana, and I am the Executive Director of National Men for Life. Cool. All right, so this year's theme is When Women Lead. Who are your favorite female pro-life leaders or other leaders in general? Okay, um, my favorite female pro-life leaders are Destiny Herndon De La Rosa with New Wave Feminists. Um, this is a little biased, but Amy Murphy <laughs> with y'all is also <laughs> one of my favorites. Ashlyn, who I'm talking to right now, is wonderful. Alex Sagers and Krista from Louis Louisiana Right to Life are also my, one of my, some of my favorites. Cool. Mm -hmm. And so why are you pro-life? I'm pro-life because I believe that abortion is the biggest human rights violation of our time. Okay. How does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women this weekend? Well, I really believe in pro-life feminism. Um, Destiny Herndon De La Rosa with New Wave Feminist, she puts it in a, a, a good perspective. So the pro-life side believes in the protection of the unborn, and the feminist side believes in the protection of women. And pro-life feminists see the protection of both the unborn and the woman and see them as equals, and that they're both deserving of life. Cool. Okay. And so what is one thing that you'd like to say to women on the other side of the aisle or pro-choice women? Um, the pro-life movement cares about you. Uh, we want to see the best for you and that we should, you know, join forces and find the common ground necessary to, to truly empower all people. Taylor Gotro. And where are you from, Taylor? I'm from Hammond, Louisiana. Okay, and why are you pro-life? So when I was a freshman in high school, I found out that my grandma was adopted. Um, her mom was 15 years old when she got pregnant, and she lived in Canada, um, and her dad was in politics. So there were two options. There were definitely doctors that wanted her to have an abortion um, and offered to do it like for a very low cost because of who her dad was, but she moved to Florida and gave my grandma up for adoption. Wow. All right. And this year's theme is When Women Lead. So who are your favorite female leaders, pro-life or not? Okay, so my favorite female leaders. Hmm. Very interesting question. Um, definitely Destiny De La Rosa, uh, the founder of the New Way Feminist. Um, I just really believe in like her mission. Uh, and then my other my other two favorites are Alex Sagers and Christopher Bello. They really helped me in my pro-life activism um, and just getting me started in the movement. So and then I think non-pro-life leaders. Um, I don't even know. like I've never had any uh, definitely well, Dr. Alveda King is a pro-life leader. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of who else. My mom. But she's pro-life too. But <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. So, how does it feel this weekend to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women? It's super refreshing. So, like, I'm actually an intern at Louisiana Right to Life. So, we do a lot of work um, in the city and like counter-protesting and rallies and stuff like that. So, we've encountered a lot of women that are on the other side, and it's a very it's a very harsh environment to be in, even if you're trying to like have compassionate dialogue. So it's kind of refreshing to be around, you know, women that have the same mindset and the same goal for life. And it might look different in our activism, but it's really cool. Um, and I just feel like super affirmed by just the presences around me. So, 
All right. And what is one thing you'd like to say to one on the other side of the aisle? Uh, you, you're loved immensely, whether you know it or not. And there's healing and there's hope. And your life matters just as much as pro-life women matter, just as much as the unborn matter. We're all human beings. And I would love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you and talk about this. Awesome. My name is Pamela Kinsley, and yeah. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you. Um, and why are you pro-life? I am pro-life because I think every human being has value. Um, every human being is important, and that's from natural beginning to natural end. So I think all all human life should be respected and valued. So, all right. Who are your favorite female leaders, pro-life or not? Oh, wow. Um, I would have to say probably more personal people. You know, my mom and my aunt and, and women who have impacted me personally. Um, more so than, you know, big celebrities and that sort of thing. Um, so how does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women this weekend? That has been a really unique experience, so I really didn't know what to expect when I came here. And so it's been really great making new friends, and I've reconnected with a couple of people I knew, you know, 20, 25 years ago. So it's been a good weekend. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so what's one thing that you'd like to say to women on the other side of the aisle, like pro-choice women? Mm -hmm. I would like to say that I believe that we have some common ground, um, that I think a lot of times people are approaching the abortion issue from um, the intention of helping people and helping women. And I think that we have very different ideas about what is the best way to help women. Um, but I think that you know both people on either side of the issue, both um, for the most part, there may be exceptions, but for the most part, I think people are genuinely trying to do what's right, you know, and trying to do what's good. And so I think I'd like to start with that common ground and then, you know, discuss how we can be more helpful and more, um, I don't know, more civil and more calm, because I think that we really need to find common ground and then we can talk about the differences from there. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me. You're welcome. My name is Mary Natto Reed and I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I am pro-life because I believe in a consistent life ethic. I believe all human beings um, are equal in value and nothing can change the value of a human being. Nothing they do, no, no lack of ability or, or anything. And um, that when we get into assigning value to different humans or taking away the rights 
of humans, the basic rights of humans, we get into pretty nasty situations, you know. And so that's always been why I'm so passionate about it. It's, it's just a basic human rights, human decency, <laughs> like what makes us human issue. So, this year's theme is When Women Lead. Who are your favorite female leaders, pro-life or not? Oh, that's a great question. Um, my f- favorite female leaders. Um, sorry, my kids are running around down on the, the floor over there, and that majorly distracted me from, <laughs> from answering the question. Favorite female leaders. Um, the first one who comes to mind is actually Mother Teresa. Yeah. Um, and how she's such an example of leading in a way that is not contradictory to like her femininity, you know, like uh, that she uh, had a love of the most vulnerable and the most weak and of giving of herself in service to others. Um, And there are so many other... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's hard to pick. I mean, there's so many incredible women here at this conference. Like, uh, like Destiny with New Wave Feminists is is so incredible, and I love how, um, just how blunt she is in speaking the truth. But it's it's blunt and yet persuasive and yet gentle at the same time. <laughs> um, and uh, I just like kind of dream of a day when I could express myself as clearly and eloquently as she does. Maybe not using some of the language she. <laughs> She does, but, but to say things in a way that's just so sort of self-evidently reasonable is, yeah. is so incredible to me. Um, yeah, and we've got, of course, also like here in Louisiana, we've got Katrina Jackson, who's an incredible um, legislator here. She's a Democrat. She's pro-life, and she's just doing incredible things and breaking that mold that like you have to be... Uh, that if you're if you're a Democrat and if you care about social justice issues, therefore you must be pro-choice and yeah. pro-abortion, and so that's that's incredible to yes, me. Definitely. So. Um, so how does it feel to be surrounded by so many other pro-life women this weekend? Awesome! <laughs> it's incredible. Um, it's been really rejuvenating and and kind of uh, like I'm a. I worked full-time in the pro-life movement years ago, but for the last four years, I've been a a full-time mom. I don't like saying stay-at-home mom because it implies that we're just chilling at home with our feet up, which is not... Or or that we're even at home, necessarily, which oftentimes we're, like, running all over the place. Um, So, yeah, full-time mom, and I love it, and it's incredible, but it's also really nice to sort of be here and to see, like... I don't know all the thing, all the diverse things we're capable of. You know, like yeah. like how beautiful all the different callings that women have are, and how they are like maternal in their own way and and sisterly in their own way, and um, also seeing like because sometimes as a as a full time mom, it can feel like I'm not doing enough. So seeing like all these women in all these different seasons of their life too, and knowing like, you know, I I think I'm called to do more right now in in my pro-life work but also that there will come a time where I could do even more you know like when my when this season of motherhood is over and there will be the opportunity to to give in a new way you know and I think it's tempting when we're when we're younger to think like we have to figure out what we're doing now and, and do it and to not realize that there are phases of life and that we'll 
constantly discover new ways to be of service to others and to give of ourselves. Definitely. And what is one thing that you'd like to say to women on the other side of the aisle or pro-choice women? Um, we'd love to talk to you, really. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's so much. It's, it has been disheartening seeing how much anger and, and sort of uh, almost venom <laughs> that, that's been spewing back and forth between the two sides in the last few months. And I was talking to somebody about that, like social media has kind of exacerbated things in a yeah. sense, because it kind of creates this mob mentality where people are, uh, where people have strong opinions that aren't necessarily very well thought out, but they go post something on social media and tons of people who agree with the concept and aren't really paying attention to how the conclusion is being reached. Like, like the person who posted, um, the, the definition of a parasite, which was a living thing. That's a different species from the host and, and some other stuff, but those were two critical things and said, so the unborn is a parasite. Well, it would have to be a different species first off. And plus it's not even alive. Well, the definition of parasite was a living yeah. <laughs> thing. So completely contradicted themselves, but got all this support on social media and just that it can be disheartening to see how with social media and I love social media, but that we were becoming so firmly entrenched in so many different beliefs and opinions and reinforcing them for each other. And so what I'd like to, I know I kind of went off on a tangent, but just that I think what we need to be saying to women on the other side is that we want to talk. We're not your enemy. <laughs> we're, we want to be having peaceful conversations and coming, trying to find the truth, you know, trying to find what is true about what it is to be human, what's true about human rights, what's true about being a woman. Um, and have we bought into a bunch of lies? You know, we, I actually had a friend here with me yesterday that uh, she, we, we did undergrad together like eight years ago. And she was pro-choice and we had some conversations about it back then. And, um, now she's pro-life <laughs> and I, it's kind of a miracle that that happened. I like, we had lost touch. So this kind of happened in my absence that she became pro-life. Um, and she was saying last night, she's like, I feel like I've really been lied to, you know, like, and it's this multi-layered lie that's, that's been sold to me for years now. And, um, that's really the thing. Like, she, and now she's wanting to, she texted me this morning. She's like, Hey, I want to do a bunch of stuff. I want to do a bunch of working with women stuff. So, you know, let's get started. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's do things. So what would I say to pro-choice women is just, we want to talk. We want to consider whether, whether there's things that either of us believe that maybe aren't true and, and find what is true. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of the Rehumanize podcast. To learn more, follow us on social media at rehumanizeintl or check out our website at rehumanizeintl.org.